Hi there, and welcome to Plant CEO. In today's episode, I'd like to welcome Siddharth Rama Subramanian, the CEO and founder of Vegilution. Hey, Siddharth, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Anand. How are you doing today? Good, good. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm super happy to be on. Yeah. And uh, where are you at the moment? I'm sitting in a beautiful Bangalore at the moment. Uh, we're into our third or fourth day of being live with sales. So uh, feeling the pressure, but uh, it's going great so far. Awesome. So your your company name is Vegilution, but you've just conceived basically a new brand called Hello Tempeh. So do you want to start by telling me more about the brand that you've created and the product? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I think if we take a step back, uh, for us, uh, Vegilution was sort of a concept and an idea that came to us about 18 months ago or so. Um, and the entire premise around Vegilution uh, was we wanted to be able to speak to people who ate vegetarian food in India and who consume mostly vegetarian food in India, because we we're beginning to feel that uh, consumers were lacking options. Um, and that was all we really had. Uh, we didn't have a product. We didn't have a brand. We actually didn't even have a sense of what product would be right for the market. But there's one thing we felt, which is people who eat vegetarian food a lot we're beginning to not have sufficient options when it came to nutritious food, especially protein. And we wanted to do something about it. So the name Vegilution came up where we said, it's time for a bit of an evolution, a revolution around vegetarian food and how to cater to that consumer. That's the, that's the, the reason behind the name. Um, and for us, it took us about six months uh, to really figure the market out. And the reason is India is a, extremely diverse market. It's quite different from any other place in the world. And, and that's true for many countries. Uh, but when it comes to food, India is specifically unique. And so without clearly understanding what the consumer in India was after, what were their unmet needs, uh, it would be very difficult to come in with a product. Um, and what you would end up doing is bringing something that worked in the US or worked in the UK or worked in Singapore or Hong Kong and try and bring it in India and kind of force sometimes a square peg in a round hole. So the first six months was all about listening to consumers, watching them eat at restaurants, speaking to chefs. Actually, we spent about time at about 20 people's homes, watching them cook, asking them what items they use in the pantry, what do they buy, what are their struggles? And uh, yeah, that's, the, that's how Vegilution started. And as we learned those insights, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we go on, uh, we landed on tempeh, uh, the beautifully fermented, all-natural sort of soybean powerhouse, uh, as to be the right ingredient and the right product for a country like India. So there you have it. Hello, tempeh became the brand, and Vegilution is our company that sort of is the purpose behind it. Great. And where do you see the market opportunity in India? Obviously, there's... Uh... Uh, growing uh, middle class now, who I, I guess would be your sort of ideal customer base? Yeah. So I think, you know, for us, it was three things that we learned after, you know, doing uh, research for about, you know, four to six months and a whole bunch of cooking trials along with it was that uh, in India, number one, there is a bit of a misconception. And the misconception is through this one statistic that is thrown around quite a bit which is that 70% of India is non-vegetarian 
and 30% is vegetarian. And for those that don't use non-vegetarian as a word in common parlance, it means people who eat meat. Um, and when people look at that statistic, it's a bit confusing. Um, so as you peel the layers of the onion, what you really find out is of the 70% that are actually eating non-vegetarian or meat, majority of them eat it highly infrequently. They may eat it a few times a week or a few times a month. And that actually, even though they call themselves non-vegetarian, the bulk of their meals are actually comprised of vegetarian food. So if you take that number and the 30% that are pure vegetarian or vegan for that matter and add it all up, you realize very quickly that the majority of Indians are eating vegetarian food most of the time. And that the avid meat eater who's eating it on a daily basis almost is actually no more than probably 25 or 30% based on our own study. Um, and so we said the bigger opportunity for us is the mostly vegetarian eating population or the only vegetarian eating population. That yeah, was number one. In other places, you might call them uh, flexitarians, right? Yeah. And uh, in India, you know, the, the terminology is actually fairly basic. So you're a vegetarian or you're non-vegetarian. And now I've actually come up with a few terms myself, uh, which is I call them a special occasion non-vegetarian, which is people who don't eat meat at home uh, and that they eat it infrequently when they go out, whether it's with friends or if it's to a pub with some buddies and they eat it there, but most of their meals. And then there's the casual non-vegetarian who eats it maybe two, three times a week, um, but it's not habitual for them to eat it every meal uh, like it is in many parts of the West and many parts of Southeast Asia. India is just not the same. Our eating habits are quite different. So yeah, um, uh, those are the terms we came up with. And we said, uh, so that was one sort of piece of the puzzle, uh, which allowed us to have a little bit more clarity around who we were catering to and the fact that the audience was large enough. The second part was, you know, as Indians, we have a deep food history. We have great food culture. We have great tastes. Those tastes are highly regionalized, right? Um, and that because of our strong food culture and food history, um, we've always been, we've been foodies before it was fashionable to be foodies, right? Um, whether it's a corner, a guy in the corner of the street that makes street food that's less than a dollar, or whether you go to a good restaurant, everybody knows where that great cup of tea comes from, or where that great vada pao comes from, or where those great puris are made. And so food, we love to eat. But what's happened with the growing middle class and above is that it's gone from just eating to conscious eating. Therefore, uh, people usually leave the word, oh, everybody's becoming healthier, more health conscious, sure. But what's really happening is everybody's just become a bit more conscious. Uh, oh, I wanna stop eating white rice, I wanna eat brown rice. Oh, I gotta reduce my sugar, I'll have brown sugar or jaggery. Uh, maybe I'll stop. So it's not just what they start eating, it's what they stop eating. Mm. And therefore, we're dealing with this majority veg population who are becoming conscious eaters. And what they're looking for is not just low calorie food. They're looking for protein. They're looking for iron. They're looking for B12. They're saying, how do I get power packed nutrition through my vegetarian meals? But at the same time, the third and the last pillar is, but I want to eat it on my terms. Don't make me cook things I don't know. Don't necessarily make me eat things I'm not as familiar with. How can I incorporate this into my daily lifestyle? So the challenge in India is 
sort of three-dimensional, which is why it took us a little bit of time to figure out. Uh, and so India is super interesting that way and completely different from any part of the world. Yeah. And when you're thinking about the the product, what sort of um, uh, item do you think it, it could replace uh, from a traditional cooking sense or ingredient? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of think about it two ways. One, which is that there is a bit of fatigue that conscious eaters who are primarily eating vegetarian food feel because they keep going back to the same things, right? They keep going back to paneer, which is cottage cheese, which is highly consumed. It's a great ingredient. It's a staple in India. But often what we heard is, boy, I just can't eat any more paneer to get my protein. Or they would eat dal, which is, you know, your day-to-day -day food. But outside of dal, outside of paneer and maybe some sprouts, uh, it was sort of like I keep eating the same things over and over again. Um, there's no shortage of vegetarian options. There's just a shortage of vegetarian options when it comes to protein and other nutrition power packedness, right? So uh, that's the that's what we observed uh, when we were when we were talking to people. So some people said, "Hey, we're not going to stop eating anything. We're just going to add to our list." Uh, a typical non-vegetarian would see. Oh, there's chicken, there's fish, there's duck, there's this, there's eggs. There's a variety of things to choose from. We want to offer that variety to Indians who may from time to time choose to replace paneer with this, may choose to replace tofu with this, may choose to add this to something that they eat. And so, yes, it could be a replacement, but what it is is a new choice, a new addition, more than it is just a replacement. Yeah. So in terms of tempeh, um, it's not that common yet, right? As a, as a ingredient in India. So you're going to have to sort of spend a little time sort of educating the market, I guess, to tell them what it's all about. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And that, that was for us uh, very clear from day one. Um, and it was for us, it was important to understand tempeh ourselves mm. uh, in a way, perhaps uniquely uh, that maybe tempeh hasn't been understood to date. Um, so we didn't treat it as an ingredient that was from any particular part of this world. It comes from the island of Java. It has a centuries-old history. So we respected how it's made. We have curated our own starter culture. We have curated how it's fermented in order for it to create the right texture and flavor absorption for the kind of food people like to eat in India. But we treated it like it was something new, even though it comes from great history and heritage. And we said, what can we do with this? So can we make Indian snacks with this? Can we cook great curries with this? Can we make a barbecue platter with this? So what are the amazing things that we think we, we love to eat as consumers? The 200 people that we have done taste trials with, what would the, be their ultimate sort of moment where they said, hey, here's a new ingredient. What would you want to eat it with? Well, I'd want to make little cutlets and burgers for my son or my kids after they play sport. Somebody else would say, post-workout, I want to eat this. Uh, uh, a woman would say, you know what? I know I don't get enough protein, but I want to just eat my rice. I want to eat my chapatis, and I want to eat it with a great curry. So we just said, can this ingredient perform across all these occasions? And what we found is not only does it perform across these occasions, it continues still today to surprise us with how many new and regional things it can make. Uh, and so for us, Tempeh is, this, is an ingredient that we are showcasing as a super versatile, flavor-absorbing ingredient that the great Indian cook or the great Indian kitchen assembler 
who doesn't want to cook but wants to assemble can take and almost make it what they want to make it. And we just kind of lead them down 15 or 20 recipes. And from there, the consumer is going to take it on. So yes, it is an educational journey, but that educational journey is through foods that people already like to eat, where this ingredient can slip right in. Right. And so can you tell me more about the product in terms of you, you've got a range, uh, a range of four and different flavors, right? Yeah. So like right behind me, some of the packets that you see. Um, so talking about education, uh, we have sort of the green packet behind me is sort of the natural product, which is natural tempeh, unseasoned. You take it home, you season it, you marinate it, and you do with it as you wish, whether it's a cube, whether it's mince, however you want. But we love our flavor, okay? And we're not shy to admit it. And therefore, what flavors do we like? You know, we like Indian flavors. We like Asian flavors. It's common for us to like Chinese food, but we call it Indo-Chinese food, which is Indianized Chinese food. So our flavors are Tawa Masala, which is a great Indian flavor. It's Szechuan chili, which is an Indian Chinese flavor, and a Sriracha. So because tempeh as a product absorbs flavor really well, all we do is marinate it in this clean label, natural marinade and pack it. And all people need to do is open it up, empty it into a pan, toss it in a little bit of oil. And now you have a ready flavored product that you can add to rice, you can add it to a roll, you can add it to a salad, you can add it to a stir fry, a lettuce wrap, or you can make bows with it. So it's just one step easier because we're all time starved, right? Even though we're working from home, we're time starved. Uh, sometimes we just want things to just be that one step easier. Um, so we've created flavors that are super easy to cook and very familiar. So if it's something new called tempeh, well, but tava masala isn't new. Okay, I'm willing to try tava masala tempeh. Um, that was the idea is to just make it more familiar, make it more accessible um, and just easier for people to use. And of course, for the great home cook, the natural cubes are always there for you to take and do the damage you want to do. Yeah. And you're fortifying it with iron and B12. Is that right? Yeah, it, it wasn't the original plan. Um, and uh, it came into being because, uh, uh, especially amongst all the people we spoke to, women over a certain age, like over 35, primarily, while protein is number one on their list, like it is on everyone's list, regardless of age, city, tier one, tier two, um, women would talk a lot more about protein along with things like B12 and iron. And they would say, oh, but I do this to get my B12 and I know I'm short in iron, so I have to do this. And we felt that there was a bit of a, a struggle because you're trying to assemble many different types of foods to achieve your nutritional quotient. So when we and our manufacturing standpoint and our R&D started experimenting with fortification, we naturally fortify our B12 and our iron into our product because we felt it was the need of the hour. 50% of women in India have a deficiency, are anemic. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, low levels of iron. And so we felt that while protein could be the hero, that if it could have sort of Avengers style, some other superheroes along with it, that, hey, you know what? I can eat a burji or I can eat a cutlet or I can eat a curry. And I'm satisfied that I'm getting almost 50% of my requirements of B12 and iron in 100 grams. That would make such a great difference, right? And so we kind of made the effort 
It didn't affect the taste adversely or the texture, and so we went for it. Even meat eaters are deficient in B12, right? So it's it's a you know it's, it's for all diets that we need to increase the B12 intake. Where are you actually manufacturing the product? So for us, our product is completely made in India. Um, we did our R&D in for some period of time in Europe. Um, we did our R&D in India as well, and for us sourcing our beans um, and you know this is really a three ingredient product so it's starter culture beans and water uh, and of course for the marinades you know it's all your kitchen pantry marinades like chili and oil and, and a variety of other things garlic and 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 cardamom so for us everything's sourced in india uh, and we manufacture in bangalore uh, we custom designed along uh, a facility which is about 5,000 square feet, which is our first facility. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, the facility started producing. Uh, we're happy with the quality and slowly but steadily week on week, uh, uh, we're scaling up. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking back to when we were talking about, uh, you know, you were fermenting the product. I think that has benefits of, obviously for your gut microbiome, right? Um, do you, have you looked at that part and did you, especially when you were doing um, the consumer reactions, did anyone speak about that uh, in terms of the yeah. fermented part? Yeah, I think that's a universal uh, gut-friendly digestion. Um, you know, we always jokingly say it's impossible to have a conversation with us and our families uh, when we're out in a family gathering or we're celebrating something without one of our relatives talking about how bad their gut is. <laughs> it, it seems part and parcel of our culture. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's two things. One, which is just overall, people have things like acidity and bad digestion or a variety of other things. And there's the overall awareness around things such as prebiotics, probiotics, and the goodness of fermented foods. The trick with tempeh is because it, it has a neutral taste, slightly nutty, it has a texture and absorbs flavor. It's not like a kimchi, which you can't take kimchi and make it into an Indian curry, right? I mean, it's, uh, so right. it gives you that neutral, a flavor absorbing palate while still being fermented, which is very rare, right? So uh, people were happy about the usability because now they can eat what they want and there's a level of satiation in terms of I'm full, uh, but digestion, is more important, like easy to digest. And of course, there's a, an audience that really understands the role of probiotics and, and uh, prebiotics, which yeah. I will tell you is universally important in India in terms of uh, the, uh, being gut friendly and being good for the stomach uh, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've gone through, um, you know, a number of package iterations. I think when we first spoke, yeah. I think last year you, you had some different ideas, but where have you ended up now? I see it's, uh, you know, in a in sleeve, plastic sleeve. Yeah. So we have uh, each of our products um, is uh, sort of comes in a different color. Uh, for us, it was very important uh, to uh, because we're a cold chain product. Uh, we sit in the chiller um, and it, uh, we have about a 60-day shelf life. It can only grow, but it's a 60-day shelf life product. Um, so uh, it was important for us that there's a vibrancy of flavor that came through in our packaging. And I guess that was the most important because uh, to us, we wanted to consumers to understand that it was healthy, 
and that there is a joy in healthy eating. Um, that healthy eating doesn't have to mean trade-off with taste. And so if I were to just sort of look at one of our packages right here, which is yeah. our Szechuan chili package, mm. and if we have this sitting in a, in a chiller, uh, we feel that the colors are vibrant um, and it speaks to the Indian sensory mind and palate, uh, but at the same time is highly nutritious. So uh, as a company, while for us, uh, the main goal is delivering nutritious food, uh, the goal is also the joy of eating, which is go ahead, enjoy that Szechuan chili flavor, enjoy the aroma. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't get great quality B12 iron with that. So the packaging is representative of our ethos, which is vibrancy, great sensory pleasure, uh, without compromise on nutrition. Yeah. And um, did you look at um, sort of eco-friendly packaging? I know it's probably, especially with that star, I know there's, there's definitely cost implications of, you know, going that. I know there's companies like, you know, Mars looking at Uncle Ben's working with, with a company trying to make sure that these, these plastic packaging um, is recyclable, biodegradable. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, when you're adding your product in, is it hot when it's added in or is it actually cold? So therefore, yeah. I think there's, there could be some better way of doing that, I guess, because, you know, it doesn't melt the, 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 the plastic. But is there many innovations happening or have, did you look yeah. at into that? Yeah, we, we did. Uh, and we're doing more now um, yeah. because we needed to kind of get to a place where um, we had two dimensions one which is offering the product at a price that was affordable to the middle class. Yeah. And that meant pricing it at parity with quality paneer. We just said, if people who are buying good quality paneer look at our product with all of these other incremental benefits um, and being dairy-free and being gluten-free and vegan and uh, good for vegetarians and vegans, we felt that if that could be the value proposition, but the price was priced at parity with good quality paneer, we felt that we would be doing a great service in trying to make it available to as many people as possible, which meant we had to make some decisions around packaging. Uh, what we're doing today is there are some cool companies that have approached us in the last month, and okay. we're already working with them for our next round of packaging to ensure that we can deliver the same quality in terms of of preservation of the food, uh, temperature, that it can handle the cold chain supply chain. But that is an absolute goal. And for me, much sooner rather than later. Okay. Uh, absolutely much sooner rather than later. And I think it's an essential part of our value system that we have to, we have to earn our way into it very quickly. Yeah. And I see just in terms of your packaging in the, I think the certification side of things, you've got the, the known sort of green dot, right? Um, which generally in India means uh, a vegetarian product, whereas right. a red dot uh, means it's non-vegetarian, non right? Yes. Uh, you also have the V sign, which V sign is that? Does that mean vegan or is it that something? That is vegan, that, that is, is vegan. Is that a local certification? In uh, No, no, that's an international symbol. Okay. Uh, uh, for vegan, there's a few different ones and uh, for us, uh, the vegetarian symbol is ubiquitous, right? So everybody yeah. recognizes the green dot. Um, and the folks that are vegan, um, that without a lot of work, 
we felt it was important them for them to also quickly understand that it was vegan because everything vegetarian isn't necessarily vegan. Plus our marinated products like Tava Masala, Sri Racha, Shejwan, you know, we didn't want people to have to make an effort to see if the marinade took it from vegan to back to vegetarian. So yes, the, the total product is vegan and that's why we choose to uh, put both symbols in there. Just trying yeah. to make things simpler and more intuitive every step of the way. For sure, for sure. And um, in terms of um, the product, uh, uh, where can it be purchased from at the moment? So we have launched and we launched, as I said, on the 26th, uh, uh, the 26th of February. So a few days ago, um, we launched in Bangalore. Uh, so for the next few months, we'll be in Bangalore before we start moving to other cities in India. And we're currently available on hellotempe.com. Um, and for us, we view hellotempe.com not just as sort of an e-commerce portal to buy it, but as a sort of a body of knowledge uh, in, presented in fun ways about, you know, what does Tempe do for you? How do you make it? Why is it good? Why do we say B12? What is origins? Why does it matter? And we have some really fun recipes, some fun recipe videos that people can follow really easily. Um, so hellotempe.com is our portal in e-commerce. And we are now available on Big Basket, uh, one of India's largest e-commerce portals. We're available on Vegan Dukan. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be available across Amazon, Flipkart, uh, and all the other major uh, portals, e-commerce portals. And then probably in about 60 days, you'll start seeing us in physical stores uh, in Bangalore. And as soon as that happens, we will start taking our online presence outside Bangalore into other cities as well. Yeah, um, and sort of over the next few years, uh, be pan India. Yeah, and um, in terms of the cost, you said it was uh, comparable to premium paneer price range. What, what is the price range of the product? So the price range. So our natural cubes are a uh, hundred and thirty rupees. Right. Um, and our marinated, pre-seasoned, uh, our marinated tempeh is one hundred and thirty rupees, and our marinated. Uh, temp, sorry, our plain tempeh is 130 rupees and our marinated tempeh is 150 rupees, um, which is around the bandwidth of where good quality paneer is, which ranges anywhere from 100 to 130, 140 rupees, uh, depending on the type of paneer you buy. Um, and so uh, we did not, it's oftentimes we feel a lot of health food companies uh, come the super premium route uh, where it just feels that in order, it just feels unusually expensive. And for us, while, you know, qual good quality paneer uh, is a, a great benchmark for us. Uh, and we feel like we're offering a tremendous health potency without having to pay the super premium to achieve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, can you tell me more about your background story? I know you've worked quite a, a while in hospitality. So I think, yeah. you know, having that background of creating these massive dining halls within the hotels, but yeah, it'd be great to hear it from you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I've been, uh, you know, I'm not a chef uh, and uh, uh, I'm not particularly useful around the kitchen. Uh, so, uh, but I have spent a tremendous amount of time uh, in hospitality. So I spent about 15, 17 years uh, between the US, uh, Australia and Dubai. Uh, I was in the casino business for most of that time uh, with companies like MGM Mirage in Atlantic City and in Las Vegas. And so over my career, we built hotels, spas, 
and all of that. And what comes along with that is, you know, probably opened about 50 odd, maybe just over 50 restaurants uh, across three continents. And I've had the opportunity of working with great chefs and, uh, and great cooks and great restaurateurs and sommeliers. And, you know, there's a great passion that comes around delivering fantastic food or fantastic wine or that, that moment when the diner just feels like nothing could get better than this meal, right? Um, and it's nothing you can take home with you. It's just something you consume at that moment and you experience joy. So I think that's in my DNA, thanks to the hundreds of people that I've worked with that have taught me so much. So we just brought that kind of passion uh, that's there in the restaurant business uh, uh, and tried to bring it to the consumer business where we just poured over how the marinade tastes, how would somebody cook it? Would that make a child smile? Um, and are we working? And of, of course, we're not done. We think we've done a, a good job with our products. And every day we will learn, take feedback from the consumers and make it better. So uh, yeah, between the US, Australia, Dubai, I've seen consumers <laughs> from all walks of life. Uh, when you work in Las Vegas, you meet everybody from all over the world with varying tastes, preferences. Uh, but there is something that unifies all of us. And, and that is what I call the joy of eating uh, and the joy of great flavors and the joy of gathering together. You know, there's different parts of your senses that get tingled and, uh, and we're just trying to work with that feeling and that passion to deliver this product. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. It's great to have that, that background in the industry help you carve out this, this new product. Um, a few, uh, few weeks ago, uh, there was the final of uh, Big Boss, which is basically the equivalent of uh, Big Brother here in the UK. Uh, and the host, Salman Khan, um, you know, made a plea to get people to eat more plant-based food, which was fantastic. I think the, the viewership was something like 15 million uh, viewers on the final. Right. Um, what, what are your thoughts around his comments that he made? I think it's great. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there are a bunch of uh, plant-based meat analog companies that are emerging in India, some existing, some new. Uh, they're all serving a purpose. Um, one, whether it's about environment, whether it's about animal rights, whether it's about eating clean, whether it's about protein. Um, and I think... Uh, uh, I, I think those companies, I have no doubt, are focused on fantastic product quality, uh, trying to figure out which market they're serving uh, and uh, trying to figure out the right product. So in this case, because of uh, one of them having a sort of Bollywood pedigree, uh, being able to showcase it in, in, a, in a show that has somebody as huge as Salman Khan talk about, just use the words plant-based, uh, forget anything else, just yeah. using the word plant-based creates a level of awareness and intrigue and mystery. Um, and uh, he has super mass appeal. So yeah, I, I, th I think that as long as, you know, people understand why they're, what it is and how it can service them, I think it was absolutely fantastic. And I, I think I'm sure millions of people saw it and, you know, hundreds of thousands of them went to figure out what it was all about. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. good, yeah. I hope they uh, start researching more about it. And I know the Good Food Institute in, in India are doing yeah. a good job at the moment promoting uh, the cause as well. And, and they're working on some good initiatives as well. Yeah, no, Varun and his team yeah. are excellent. Um, uh, they're super passionate. 
they're very practical. Um, and I think there is a growing level of consciousness around this. And the more we sort of all hold hands speaking to different audiences, so Tempeh speaks to the, the mostly vegetarian, all vegetarian audience that we want to be a staple, right? We want to be a staple in people's kitchen. So two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, oh, it's Tempeh, I've run out of Tempeh, buy some Tempeh before you run out. We want to become a staple in people's diet. Plant-based meat serves a slightly different audience, right? We're not plant-based meat. That's not our ambition. Uh, plant-based meat serves a different audience for a different purpose that has a different palate profile. But if you begin to connect all of these dots, uh, if you're able to cater to what that audience feels like it's missing um, uh, and really speak to, speak to them in the, in the language that they want to be heard uh, and not feel like you're forcing a Western concept or something on them, uh, then I think it's going to be explosive. Yeah, awesome. So thank you so much, uh, Siddharth. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, best of luck. I'm, I'm really happy that you've you've launched, and uh, yeah, like to see you getting into all those other e-commerce uh, properties as well as uh, being in store and in expanding to the rest of uh, India as you grow this year. No, no, thanks, Anant. I think uh, what you're doing is great, um, and uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. So thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, you're welcome. So see you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.